following sermon was delivered at the 1030 worship service at the United Methodist Church of Kent. Please enjoy. Well, today we are beginning a worship series, a series that's going to continue through this month of October. And in this series, we are exploring five essential practices that reconnect us. Practices that connect us more deeply, we might say, with God and with each other. In a moment, culturally, when so many of us are feeling disconnected and isolated, are feeling the pain, experiencing the pain of this ongoing and really growing epidemic of loneliness, the core practices of our discipleship journey offer a more life-giving way. And so during these five Sundays, we are remembering and we are recommitting to each of these practices, essential practices of our faith, worshiping, studying, serving, giving, and sharing. Giving thanks especially for the ways that these practices have the power to reconnect us, to grow us as disciples, and to build us together as beloved community. Around this time of year, most every year, many congregations will focus for a few weeks or even just for a week on the importance of financial generosity through a, a stewardship season, a pledge campaign of some sort, an invitation to name our financial commitments to supporting the ministry and the mission of the congregation in the upcoming year. This year, I am inviting us to broaden our perspective, to consider and to recommit not only to our practice of giving, but more broadly than that, to consider and to recommit to our whole discipleship journey so that we can deepen our relationships with God and with each other through that journey. Many of you will have received already a letter in the mail and a 2024 commitment card, a card that looks like this. It's a page front and back that outlines the goals I'm encouraging us to set this year. You can find the same information on our website. You can also find additional hard copies on the back table at the back of our worship space. On the website, there's also a digital commitment card that you can read through it, you can complete it, even just submit it entirely online. The intent of these goals is to be clear, to provide clarity, to provide structure, not as some additional burden for us, not to be legalistic about what it means to be a disciple, but really as an opportunity for us to be clear and to be more fully connected. These goals are meant as resources. You can think of them sort of as, as guideposts along the way to help each of us grow into the fuller life that God intends for us, lives that are deeply connected, connected to God, connected to each other, connected to our communities, through gratitude and kindness and justice and generosity, and entire lives that communicate God's unconditional love. Five essential practices we're exploring together this month. You can think of them as the, the method of our Methodism or the way of Jesus or, or holy habits that hold us together. We begin today with the practice of worship. Now, Evelyn Underhill, about a century ago, defined worship quite straightforwardly as the response of the creature to the creator. It's a simple definition, but I like it because there's a lot packed into it beginning with this affirmation that the whole universe, that all of creation responds to God in this way, through worship. Last week, Megan and I were out camping in the northern section of Michigan's Lower Peninsula, and, and there, walking through the woods and, and walking along the sand dunes, I had a palpable sense of exactly this. 
all creation, the ferns, the cottonwoods, the wind, the waves, the birds, the bugs, the night sky so filled with stars, all of it seemed to me clearly to be turned in the direction of God. It's what Francis of Assisi noticed too, and then named for us in the words that became our opening hymn this morning. All creatures of our God and King, lift up your voice and with us sing, brother sun, sister moon, brother wind, air, clouds, rain, sister water flowing clear, make music, music for thy Lord to hear. Psalm 148 offers a similar litany. The sun, the moon, the stars, the mountains, the hills, trees, wild animals, all parts of creation worshiping God together. In the Gospels, Jesus mentions this too. You might recall during the palm procession into Jerusalem at the beginning of Holy Week, he says that even the stones or the rocks will cry out or, or shout to God. Worship is the response of the creature to the creator. And so worship connects us with other creatures as we all worship our common creator together. And worship cultivates in us a spirit of gratitude, a spirit of celebration, as we all give thanks together for God's presence and God's provision. Psalm 100 that we read this morning points us toward this grateful spirit of worship. Shout triumphantly or, or make a joyful noise to the Lord all the earth. Worship the Lord with celebration. As we worship together, we anticipate, we expect that God is doing a, a good thing among us and in us and with us. Sometimes, to be sure, that's not how we're feeling when we worship. But however tough the past week has been for us, or the past weeks have been for us, or even just the first part of the morning, as we gather, we celebrate. We reaffirm that next part of Psalm 100, know that the Lord is God, that God made us. God made us, not we ourselves. We are God's people, the sheep of God's own pasture. And so even when life is painful or difficult, our worship together builds our trust that somehow, that some way, the very same God who raised Jesus from the dead will do so with us as well. So even in life's difficulties and pains, we sing with joy. We respond to God's presence with gratitude because we know and experience that God holds us and never leaves us. We are God's people. We belong to God, and so we celebrate God's presence together. We respond to our creator in worship. We notice, we attend to God's presence. Worship draws us out of ourselves, reminding us that God is God, and thereby, for we are not. We are creatures, not the creator. Worship helps us in this way to decenter ourselves so we can recenter God. In the opening of today's reading from Philippians, the apostle there offers this soaring vision of being connected with God and with each other, writing amid a very divided community in Philippi. If there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort in love, any sharing in the spirit, any sympathy, complete my joy by having the same mind, the same love, and being united, that, friends, is connection. And then after describing that connection, we're given the pathway to it. This is how we have the same mind. This is how we have the same love. Don't do anything for selfish purposes. 
Instead of each person watching out for their own good, watch out for what's better for others. Adopt the attitude that was in Christ Jesus. Having that same attitude or mind doesn't mean that we will all agree all the time about every little detail, but it does mean that we will be connected because we have the same core. Our lives won't be centered on our individual selves, but will be centered in God. Worship is our practice of decentering ourselves, giving attention to an other, and discovering the power and blessing and the extraordinary gift of doing so. Through worship, we center in God. At least in this moment, in these moments, we get out of our own way so we can remember who and whose we are. We are God's creatures. We are God's creatures, not just tolerated, not just accepted, but cherished and beloved. We are God's creatures, beautiful and valuable, exactly and completely as we are. Ironically enough and tragically, when we focus on ourselves, when we center our lives on ourselves instead of on God, we miss that goodness. We get so caught up in anxiety and in fear and competing and striving and trying to earn or accomplish our value that we miss, we ignore, we overlook, we underappreciate the reality of God's extraordinary generosity, that we are loved, we are loved already and completely without doing a thing. Practice of worship calls us back to that truth, recenters our attention in God. Worship is our practice of shifting our attention, our focus to God's presence. But that shift doesn't just happen. It isn't magic. It isn't automatic just because we're in this room or we're tuning in online. We have to choose. We always have to choose where we will give our attention. In a culture so addicted to endless entertainment, it is important, friends, that we remember this, that worship, worship is not entertainment. Worship is not competing for our attention. We are not the audience of worship. We are worshiping God. We are deciding, we are deciding in these moments, decisively, consciously, actively, to give our attention to God. We are the actors when we worship. God is the audience, the object of our attention. And so all those elements of our worship services, wonderful elements, the music, the choirs, the prayers, the scripture, the sacraments, all the rest of it, they aren't there just for us to enjoy. They are tools that help us give our attention, that train our hearing and fix our gaze beyond ourselves toward God. Worship is our practice of deliberately searching for God's voice and expecting God's appearance and inviting God's presence to change us. Of course, it's not as though God is here and and not elsewhere. God is, of course, always, everywhere, in everything, in everyone. But worship, worship is our time, our place, our opportunity to practice, to calibrate our, our tuning, to be about nothing else but noticing God's presence through our songs and scriptures and prayers and sacraments, noticing God's presence here so that we can be more aware of God's presence everywhere. Our worship is preparation. Our worship is practice in giving our full attention to God so we can more readily recognize and know and connect with God all the rest of the time. 
So let's talk about those tangible goals, those guideposts that I want to encourage each of us to make for this upcoming year so that we can continue reconnecting with God and with each other, growing in our awareness of God's presence and in our ability to hear God's still speaking voice. On our commitment cards this year, there are goals both for worshiping alone and for worshiping together. And while we included a couple different levels of commitment that you might make, I certainly want to encourage each of us to aim for those those higher levels of commitment. And here they are. By ourselves, a primary way that we worship, that we give attention to God, is prayer. And so in the coming year, I encourage each of us to pray at least five times every day. Five times every day. Keep it simple. Prayer is communication with God, and that communication begins with listening. If you don't want to know where to start, I want to encourage you to start something like this. You can just set aside a couple minutes at the start and at the end of each day. Start with just 30 seconds or 10 seconds if you need to, if you're just starting out at this, and then you can expand the time out from there. Just whatever it is, hold some silence. Maybe give attention to your breath while you're preparing for the day or while you're looking back and reviewing the day. Attend through your breath to the God who is breathing through you. And then before each meal during the day, take a moment to pause and to acknowledge the source of your food and how that food connects you to those who help to produce and prepare it. Say thank you to God before you eat. And if you do that, praying at the start and the end of each day and before each meal, presumably three, just like that, you've set aside five moments during every day to be deliberate about attending to God's presence. And then for worshiping together, for worshiping together, of course, I would love to encourage each of us to do so every single week. That's easier now than ever before with online worship opportunities. But while I'm hopeful, I'm also realistic. I know you're busy people. So we worship in a college town, and so I articulated a goal for us in academic terms. I want you to encourage, I want to encourage you to commit to getting an A in worship attendance in this next year. On a grading scale of just 90%, 90%, that's only 47 out of 52 times in the coming year. That means you can miss five Sundays if you need to. 47 out of 52 Sundays. And, and let me say too, to whatever extent that you can, as often as you can, I really, really, really want to encourage you to be here physically, worshiping at the same time in the same room with others. That's how worship helps to connect us with one another. I am undoubtedly grateful for the opportunity to worship online. Of course I am. I worshiped online with all of you last week. When I wasn't with you physically, I worshiped with you later on in the week online, and I am so grateful for that. For those who are physically unable to be with us in this space on Sunday mornings because of their work schedules or because they're physically unable to be here, I am so glad, so grateful that we can still be connected as the body of Christ in worship. But friends, for those who can, as often as you can, there is, and you know this, there is power in being here together physically. There is power in worshiping together where other saints have worshiped before us in seeing folks' faces and hearing their voices and meeting new people and nurturing our relationships as we give attention to God together. I know that you will be blessed by gathering with the community. And I want you to hear this too. I know that the community will be blessed by your presence. 
To be frank, friends, when you're not here, we miss you. As members of Christ's body, each of us is a part of every other. Your presence makes a very real and a very positive difference in the worship experience of everyone else. So please, in the coming days, the next few weeks, please, please, please pray about the commitments that you're ready to make to this practice of worship for the upcoming year. And know as you do so that I'm praying for you also. Renewing our commitment to worship really will change us, open us, recenter us, and reconnect us with God and with each other. And when that happens, friends, when that happens, when we all become more aware of where God is and, and what God is saying and what God is doing, church, there is no limit, no limit to the ways that we will grow. Thanks be to God. Amen. Thank you for listening to this edition of the United Methodist Church of Kent Sermon Podcast. For more information about the church, visit www.kent.org.